lean into like your the creativity that God's given you and that basically like these ideas that God's given you and these blueprints are unique and to not um to not sell yourself short in the way of thinking that you're not good enough to mm-hmm. like accomplish what he set before you um because there's always something kind of like through school where I would uh I'd always get like say there's six classes I'd always get like five A's and then like an 88 or 89 and Ooh. and it was just like a like <laughs> without fail every single time and so there was just like this insecurity in me of just like mm. you're just barely not good enough you're barely not good mm. enough um all right well guess what like God can use that little bit of weakness um for his glory and um if you are able to steward the rest of your gifts well and submit them and yield them to him um and what he wants to do in your life then he's going to create something beautiful and something that um isn't beautiful in a shallow way Mm. but something that is beautiful in a deep way that really resonates with people Hey everyone, welcome back to One Thing in Common Podcast. On today's episode, we have Chase Brown. Chase Brown was born in Colleyville, Texas. He's an entrepreneur, philanthropist, and creative. Chase is the founder of Perspectives Worldwide, an international and domestic missions nonprofit, and co-host of the Perspectives Podcast with his business partner, Josue Pampende. Y'all, I'm pumped to have on my friend, Chase Brown. <laughs> What's up? How have you been? I've been good, Chase. It's It's been a hot minute. <laughs> been a quick minute for sure. <laughs> it's been a hot minute. Y'all, I just got to let y'all know straight off the bat how me and Chase met. So we got to get a, give a quick shout out to our friend Raul. He mm-hmm. introduced us when we, um, my friend and I, we went to Texas to go to a Bethel conference. And um, pretty much the night before, I think we went to Whataburger. Is that what where we went? That would be yeah. on par, yeah. That would be on par. I had my first Whataburger. I know I had the milkshake with fries. It was bomb. And, um, you know, we just bonded. We chatted, had a lot of things in common. And a couple of years later, now we're here. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Me in Texas, you in Florida. So we'll just be able to kick it over Zoom and have some fun. I know, exactly. I love it. I love it. So, Chase, I wanted to talk a little bit about something we were um, chatting over the phone a couple days ago and you had brought up such a good point and such a good topic where I was like whoa people need to hear what you just said it was pure gold and that was on the topic of incremental growth and I would love, Chase, before we even dive into that, if you could just share a little bit about your story growing up. Um, as people could see from that introduction, you do quite a lot. You got a couple of things you're juggling in your hands. Um, so I think it's easy for people to look on the outside where you are now and kind of just think that it was handed to you or you just arrived without even knowing your story and, and how you got there. So could you just share a little bit about your story with the listeners? Yeah. Yeah. And from a starting standpoint, definitely there's a lot that's going on in life. And a lot of it, as you and I kind of talked about, is pretty interconnected. 
in, in various areas. And so it's been interesting and definitely first thing to say starting out is I think it is um, a specific anointing from the father in it and just encouraging everyone to um, pursue the spirit and what um, he's anointed you to do um, in whatever area of life that you're called to. But yeah, from a starting point, um, as you said, grew up in Colleyville, Texas, um, just a Texas boy born and born and raised. And from a young age, um, parents really got me involved in uh, serving the local community. Uh, it was something where God through my family and through my parents, um, just discipline and endurance really, um, yeah, just covered me with his grace from a very young age, had everything that I ever wanted whenever I was growing up. And a lot of times whenever you're growing up in that type of environment, it can be something where you're either sheltered or you uh, don't really know the world in its fullness and just how what some people are going through. But my parents really saw it fit for me and my younger sister to um, to not stay in our little bubble definitely from a very young age. And so we would go out to homeless community, go out to serve with various churches and, um, and with the church that grew up going to. And so in that God really just fostered and developed a heart um, for just serving others and just loving others through just physical means. And then that continued kind of through teenage years. Cause I started doing that probably whenever I was around, um, six or seven and then went on my first uh domestic like missions service trip uh, whenever i was nine or ten something like that because our church started us very young and the first seven or eight that i went on were to kind of adjacent states to texas and so like louisiana oklahoma missouri and so it was really cool where i think a lot of people who have a heart for missions um kind of the thing that ignites that fire is something that's international and I think it's something that I'm really grateful for the father and seeing that it was fit for him to kind of start that in me with something domestic. Um, Cause that kind of aligns with some of our principles for um, that we have for perspectives. And so continued those trips and just serving on a regular basis through teenage years. And then whenever I got to around like my sophomore or junior year of high school, um, there was kind of a, a switch in my faith, but a lot of the principles that God implemented in me whenever I was young, stayed which i was grateful for but uh, whenever i was younger it was a lot of kind of this perspective which I, which I think a good amount of people have whenever they're growing up in the church is um oh i just need to be a good kid and i'm all good like it's just kind of that um i wouldn't even so much say like a super legalistic framework but just like more of a workspace framework rather than really just understanding that like the father wants a relationship and from there um, obedience and doing good things is going to be a byproduct of that. And mm -hmm. that first pursuit should just be a relationship with Jesus. And so that um, I'm glad to say that kind of flipped around sophomore, junior year, high school, and um, a lot of just growth happened from that. And then from there, uh, as I was growing up through my teenage years, uh, my dad would work half the year over in Paris, France. And so occasionally me and my family would go over there um, just to visit him. And so that's kind of where um, this love for travel kind of came in um, is around that time. And we would travel around the States whenever I was younger, but the first time we ever went international was go to see, going to see him over in France. And then from there, did an internship under my pastor, my senior year of high school, and um, was feeling led to 
to do something, I would say like ministry related um, or just philanthropic related, but didn't know what that was and had the opportunity to go play lacrosse up at UNT, which those of y'all who are watching the video can see up here. Um, so pastor just, so the pastor who just, uh, I was under just encouraged me and was like, um, Hey, like go do this. Um, since you don't really have clarity from the Lord and what it's, what it is in specific now and go get a business degree. You can be a good resource to any church or any organization that you're under if you do that. And so went ahead and did that, which that was an amazing four years. And in that time, which is something that we're trying to pursue with perspectives in various areas. Um, I think one of the big things, two of the big things that God kind of taught me during that time was one, like exactly how to pursue things from a business standpoint. Mm. Cause my dad um, has worked for the same corporation for 30 years at this point and um, credit to him. Cause <laughs> That's amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah. But in that, he never really either had to or desired to develop some of those like entrepreneurial skills. Mm. And so it's something where he, you know, didn't really have those to pass along to whereas I kind of had a little bit more of an interest in that. Um, but that was that really formed while I was in college where I saw a lot of friends start their own businesses or go off on their own various things through social media means. Um and so kind of got an interest in there. Um, but the second thing that I really learned in college is kind of this idea of like how to operate as a believer around non-believers mm -hmm. um, in a way where you don't compromise your faith, but at the same time, you're not like unrelatable to the yeah. people that like mm -hmm. you're spending around, like spending time with. And so it's interesting because we're trying to figure out um, various ways to do that um, practically now through the nonprofit, but it was really good. And then from there, just to kind of wrap up, uh, went on my first international mission trip to Costa Rica um, the day after I graduated college. And so, wow. which there was a lot even in that, but did that, um, went over to Costa Rica for um, a few weeks and it was absolutely amazing. God just really did a lot of amazing things um, during that opportunity and then just continued to just kind of clarify and form this like vision that he had really given me um, and some others that were in my life for um, the nonprofit now perspectives. And it's just been amazing to be able to see like through that journey, God adding, um, you know, going towards the topic, um, you know, these things incrementally that are going towards kind of this big vision that God's given us. Um, and yeah, I think I'll just go ahead and stop there because that's that's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot, but it's good. It's a lot of good. Chase, I also want to talk a little bit, you know, you shared your um, a bit of your story of growing up and how you were able to be very privileged in, in having the resources that you had, the parents that you had. You understood that not everybody had it the way you did. And so going out, into the world, going on mission trips, you saw like, hmm, okay, like definitely what my life is not normal. Like not everyone has that. And now it's like that sparked something inside of your heart to want to give back to people who don't have those opportunities, who may not have the resources to, you know, go after those God dreams that God's put on their heart. And I know that ties a lot into the nonprofit that you have. And so Speaking of the topic of growth 
and how it wasn't like you went to college, you graduated and you're like, let me start a nonprofit, but how you're doing acts of service for people long before even like while you were in grade school, you know, could you share a little bit about not getting stuck in a black and white mindset of I go to college, I study, I have my dream career. And it's like this like timeline that society has put on us, but versus like the truth of like what life really is. And I think that growth is such an important topic, especially incremental growth that if people have a better understanding of, they could live their life with a little more ease and not so much anxiety. So could you just share a little bit about that? Yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's interesting. I think two things to keep in mind in order to even like pursue this, um, mystical idea of calling is the word that we use a lot now is one being sure in your identity, mm-hmm. um, and who God's created you to be. And there's even a whole process behind that, that I doubt we'll have the time to <laughs> get into, but that very much so just affirming um, your identity and who God created you to be um, first as like a son or daughter of God, but then from there in your specific calling rather than just your general calling as a follower of Jesus um, is, is a big thing to even then have the proper foundation to make actions off of. Um, as I'd say the first thing for people to even be able to pursue but then the second thing off of that, which I think is maybe one of the answers for how to find out your calling is being open to hearing from God and finding where the needs are in the world that your either heart, creativity, business mind, various things that God gives you, like that that can answer at least in part, if not like potentially in full, because um, God wants to redeem the world through his sons and daughters. And through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, it's something where we're able to do that, where we're able to be co-laborers with God and partner in God and being able to do that. And as you said, some of those ways might not look um, like the norm in culture and might be a little bit um, like counterintuitive in a way. And so kind of just to share with y'all kind of what it's been like after college. So it's been a little bit of a balance for me. Whereas Megan said, you know, we have the nonprofit perspectives that, you know, we started up um, at a young age and things have been a little unique for me um, in terms of um, how God's kind of formed my, um, my passions, my heart, my worldview, my mind, everything like that. But at the same time, there is, um, I I can relate to y'all who do have a full-time job and things like that. So for me, um, coming out of college, like went to Costa Rica, um, and then didn't have, um, a job lined up. Um, after I came back from that trip, there was something that I was, um, there was a company that was supposed to offer me a full-time job. Then two days before I left for Costa Rica, they were like, Hey, actually we don't have the budget for this. And so I won't get into that though, but, um, but no, so started and I've been working for nonprofit called Fidelity Charitable for just short of five years now started with them the October after I graduated um, and there it's been great where I've had um, a lot of growth through that job and I think that God's been able to do a lot of things and using that as sort of like a stable uh, stabilizing force to then be able to 
give room for him to clarify things that are outside of this full-time job. And so I think that balancing of, um, of kind of like chaos, like chaos and order in a way would be the way to put it. Um, which is a unique idea even in and of, it, in and of itself. Um, but I think that God can kind of do work through that and figuring out like, okay, God, like, I know you want to, I know you're a God of order and I know you want us to balance a lot of things. And so being able to apply that in various ways, but for work, it was something where there was a lot of growth that happened in that to where um, I came to know exactly, okay, like how does a philanthropic sector work? What's, what's the different theories behind it? Um, I do a lot of, you can think of it as kind of like paralegal work um, at the company. And then what I do is manage relationships with some of the largest universities and missions organizations that we give to. Um, and so a lot of them will be name brands that, you know, but just won't mention them here. And so in that, it was something where, you know, he was able to teach me various things, um, along the way, but at the same time, I didn't settle there. And I think, um, going back to the comfort idea, it can be so easy once we get something that's like, even just like a little bit stable, we can just kind of grow complacent and be comfortable Mm -hmm. in what we're doing and think, Oh my God, this is what you have for me. Mm -hmm. And mistake what we think as contentment as complacency um Mm -hmm. and like god tells us that you know i think it's philippians four six or eight that contentment with godliness is great gain and discerning exactly what contentment is um and being able to to make sure that we have that is a big thing but so often we as i said confuse complacency for contentment and we're just sitting around in sort of this um, state where we don't, where we're not continuing to push ourselves to grow um, in a spiritual sense, like through the process of sanctification, but also just like as an individual um, in various skills in various giftings or anointings that God's given us and honoring him in our time and what he's given us. And so practically for for us it was something where um as i said there was kind of this idea for missions um growing in my mind from very young age um through college kind of ran from that because i didn't really think it was something i could raise a family off of but god clarified to that that to me um in the couple years after college where it's like no like you can work in philanthropy and i can provide for you because like Mm -hmm. i'm i'm your provider like your job you know whatever it is isn't your provider and so in that, it was something where it's like, all right, like, God, this, this could be something that, that you have. And then it's just like, okay, well, there's, a, there's this idea that I had, like, back whenever I was 18, like, maybe we can integrate this somehow. And then, um, you know, we started up the nonprofit and went through pretty much like a very, I wouldn't say intense, but a really intentional, like, two-year refining process for mm. God, like, what is this, like, mission and vision that you've given us and it's still something that in terms of specific ways he is refining in terms of like okay what what is our role going to be in missions within the church and within missions nonprofits and um what are we going to do on an everyday basis and what is this long-term vision that you um have given us and so it's something where um kind of as you said earlier talking towards incremental growth it's something that as y'all could see like god like piece this together 
like in a very long journey. And it's something that um, I'm glad to say that God gave me um, the various ways to be able to piece all of that together and remember all of that um, and be able to, to put it into this like collective kind of vision that we can, that we can all get behind. Um, and so I guess to speak from like a practical standpoint, like the everyday mission and perspectives is provide travel culture and service opportunities for people to grow their perspective and grow their relationship with God through that. And so, yeah, as y'all can kind of see, like service came in from a very young age and all of us who were involved with perspectives like service, um, and or travel were two very, very big things, um, for all of us growing up that God used as opportunities to, to grow us. And then, the cultural aspect didn't really come in um, from a um, from an equal component. I would say until um, until like after college, because there's something where like traveling to Paris with my dad in high school got to know a little bit of like a different culture there. Um, and then one of my good buddies now, Joel, uh, moved from Uganda to the states um, whenever I was a senior in high school, so got to know a little bit of a different culture there. Um, but it, yeah, it really wasn't until I met like, my business partner, uh, Josue, that, um, that that really stepped in because he's from Democratic Republic of Congo and uh, won't, won't tell the full story of how we met, but got to be really good friends and just started to think of this idea of like, okay, like, God, you've given all these cultures around the world. We know that these different cultures um, are going to be present in heaven. And so like, what, like, what exactly does this mean? And so kind of the working, the, the working, I'd say definition that he's given us for like providing cultural experiences is, um, is that he's placed a unique part of his character in each culture around the world. And so the more that we engage with different cultures, um, different people who are a part of these different cultures um, and find the positive parts of each culture around the world that we're able to, get to know his character a little bit more, get to grow in a relationship with him. Um, but at the same time, we believe grow to have a more biblical worldview. Um, and you could see it through various ways. I think in American culture, um, while some overemphasize it, um, we really do, I think, have a um, strong emphasis on, on work. And I think that's something that is honorable to God. Um, again, some can take it too far by being workaholics, but mm -hmm. it's something that we're willing to, you know, put in, you know, the nine to five and, and all of this, um, for the sake of providing for our families and, and all of that, and just aspiring, um, to be better. Um, in a, in European culture, you can see this like amazing appreciation of beauty mm. to whereas over here, a lot of our architecture is very functional to whereas over there it's, you see this this striving for um, to represent the beauty of God through pieces of art or architecture. And it's amazing that they do that and not very many other cultures like emphasize it to the degree that they have. Mm -hmm. um, you see Latin American cultures with the, and African cultures with the emphasis of family and communal settings and being able to honor that. And then in Asian cultures, you see respect and it's something where a lot of um a lot of western cultures like don't really have that for other parents or authority figures or different mm -hmm. things like that um of which even in that like with everyone's owed respect but there is this balance of like um like okay like i want to honor you know the people who are in authority over me 
um, at the same time, like not be scared and bringing up ideas and things like that. So even in that, there's a balancing act. And so basically this, this cultural idea came in um, after I met Joshua and started to interact with different cultures kind of through him and through various other travels to Costa Rica and the Alps and the, geez, it's not very much, but like 15 to 16 countries I've been to at this point. Um, but yeah, and so it's something where um, I think drawing, which uh, which I think you want to do, Megan, drawing the analogy to like our faith um, is so often, you know, we we aim or we desire like these like breakthrough events or breakthrough like moments whenever like God's really just calling us to incremental growth in different areas. Mm -hmm. And instead of just like immediate deliverance or something like that, which obviously God is able to do, he's calling us to this process of sanctification. Mm -hmm. And in the vision for the nonprofit, it is, it has been a journey where it's, you know, he's added, you know, this travel part here, this culture part here, this Mm -hmm. service part here. And then where he's given us from a long-term vision is a desire and we think a specific anointing to bring unity to missions within um, the church and within missions nonprofits and that creativity is going to be lumped in there um, in some way but really that wasn't even a a component to this thought until two years ago whenever god created a lot of avenues for that and so that wasn't even something that we were even thinking about and again it's just going towards that incremental part and yeah in our faith whether it's um whether it's wanting to grow endurance or whether it's wanting to grow in purity, whether it's us wanting to grow in gentleness um, and kindness, it's something that sometimes like that does take a journey of, you know, whether it's a season or over the course of a few years um, to whereas so often we don't really want to put in that work to co-labor with God and the spirit in that. And we're just like, God, just set us free right now. Just like, just do it. I know you can. So just do it whenever it's just like, no, like, yes, he has, he has ability to do that, but you're just trying to use this as an excuse to mm. not be obedient to what he's wanting you to do so and to, on, to, to make sacrifices for God. So mm. often, like, we just want to receive the benefits of God without, like, having to make the sacrifice of picking up our cross daily and denying the world and doing all of that. Um, and so it's something where... Yeah, and I think it's it's something that is of the Father's character to do that. Because something that I don't think very many people have tied these ideas together. And sorry, I'm rambling a little bit. I tend to do this. Love it. Um, Keep going. <laughs> but a couple of these ideas that I don't think we've really tied together is, you know, God is, God is love. God is God of love. Um, but in 1 Corinthians 13, it is articulated that one of the characteristics of love is gentleness Mm. and what gentleness means is not this misconception that it means harmless because that's that's not what gentleness is it's applying just the proper amount of force that's necessary to complete the job Mm. and so in this growing and in god loving us to become who he's created us to be it's something where i i think I don't think we often think that, you know, there's this grace, um, this gentleness of the grace of God or the gentleness of the love of God, where, um, you know, if the job can be accomplished over the course of five years and 
with his foresight, he knows that that's going to happen. I wonder if it is something where it's just like, all right, like I'm just going to have this take five years because of my gentleness, because this is the amount of time, you know, that it'll take to be able to accomplish it. Mm. Whereas sometimes, whether it's like freedom from addiction or various things like that, like God knows, like, all right, the only way we're going to break this is if it's right now and he delivers, Mm -hmm. he delivers us right now. Um, And so, yeah, in summary, what I would just say is like, yeah, like so so often we just idolize um, this, this moment of breaking something and experiencing freedom in God in that and him delivering us. But sometimes I wonder if in that desire, if we're missing out on the journey that he's calling us to, to, to incrementally grow with him and to go through this process of sanctification, that is something that is, it's going to be a difficult journey, like for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause endurance is going to need to be a part of it and various things, but that it's something where, as we look back, it's just like, all right, God, like, this is something that you worked over this time that I'm going to be able to share this testimony um, once this is done of the work that you did and be able to share with others the hope that, you know, if they have been struggling with this for years, like, you know, God's able to redeem this, you know, whether it's in one day or a couple years or however long. That was so good, Chase. You you made so many good points. I'm like, oh my gosh, like where do I even begin with what you said? But I think that's really important. And I mean, I can relate to some of the things that you said. I remember at a point where I was just so broken, so, so broken, dealing with depression, anxiety. And I was like, God, I just want you to take me out of this. Like, I know you have the power. I know you can just do it. But it's like, as I was saying that I knew God wasn't going to do it. Not because he doesn't love me, not because he's not gentle, but because he loves me. He actually wanted me to heal. He understood that it it wasn't going to take a moment, a snap to deliver me from something, but more of, nah, baby, this is a deep rooted issue that's been there for like over two decades. So it's going to take time to uncover. It's going to take some revelation and it's going to take a couple of years but I got you, mm-hmm. you know, and I've come to learn to love the journey and not strive for a destination. I feel like people yeah. are so fixated on this idea of I made it, but only come to find out that once they quote make it, there's more like you can never make it like you'll never just make it yeah you can have a goal and you can hit it and that's great and i'm a person and i know we're both people that we set goals for ourselves and we'll make them but that's not the oh we're here we made it it's um no that was um something i set out for myself but i'm gonna keep enduring i'm gonna keep going but it, it it's it goes back to the journey because that's as cliche as it is that's what life really is all about you know, our relationship with God, it's a journey. You know, it's like, as we talk to our family and our friends and coworkers and community, it's a daily thing. Like we don't just talk to them once a month. We don't just talk to them once a week. Cause what kind of relationship would that be? There would be no relationship. Right. And so I also love how you, you have such a way of speaking about God so beautifully because 
I, for some of the listeners, maybe they may not be believers. Um, maybe some of the listeners may not have that relationship or maybe have a, a skewed perspective on God, you know, but I love how you paint a picture of who God really is a God of love, a God of, of gentleness. And not like you said, it's not where um, he applies enough to get the job done. And for anyone listening that, you know, may have a, a bad past with the church or may not be for God because of something that's happened in your past. I just want to say that um, I'm sorry for anything or anybody that's told you or hurt you in the church. You know, I've spoken to a lot of people and many friends that have been hurt before. And it breaks my heart because now they view this God as this, this angry God that's mad at them and that doesn't love them, that doesn't want a relationship from them with them. And it couldn't be any further from the truth. It, it really couldn't be any further from the truth. You know, he knocks at the door of your heart every day and, and his word says that he's a gentleman. His spirits is gentle, like you said. So he will never force himself upon you. He will knock at the door of your heart until you're willing to be open and receive him. You know, he did that with me when I was 18 years old. I ran away from him for so many years. For so many years, I ran away from him. And so one day I was at this conference in Texas. It was a different one. It wasn't Bethel, but it was a different one. It was a business conference. I'm like, God, you are funny. But his relentless pursuit in pursuing us, it, it, his presence, I felt it so strong. I just couldn't deny it. And ever since that day, which was in 2015, a summer in 2015, my life radically changed. And I share that with y'all, with the listeners, because you may be in that position where I was six years ago, running away from God, you know, mad at him because of things that happened in my life or mad at him because, or maybe because I had the wrong perspective of him. I was just ashamed of a couple things. I was running away from him because I thought, what, what does God want to do with me? If I go to him, he'll just condemn me. No, he may convict me. He'll maybe call me out in love, but it's always done in love. You know, so I just really want to encourage, again, anyone who's listening who may not have that personal relationship with God to, to know that he is a loving God and he does love you despite whatever you've done in your past, despite like the big, I like to say the bigger the mess, the bigger the message, you know, you got a whole thing, God, um, that you've done. God can work that into a beautiful masterpiece. He really can. I know he's done it in my life. And, um, I just, again, I wanted to share that because I just know too many people who, who have that wrong perspective because they just haven't experienced that. So I want to thank you, Chase, for just speaking the way that you do because it, it really does portray the picture of who God really is. Yeah, I appreciate that. And someone that I really definitely want to give um, credit to um, for being a good friend and for, I think, influencing the way that like I, I speak and especially about God, I actually probably going to be three people thinking about it. Um, first is like my good friend Montel Fish, um, which if y'all don't know, he's a YouTuber and a songwriter and a musician and absolutely amazing guy. But, and it's, yeah, the story of him growing over the last two years has been amazing, but the whole idea, which this has been um, 
kind of the thing that God's given me for this year is um, fall in love with the process of becoming who I created you to be mm. is what he's really given me for this year. Um, Cause very similar to kind of what you shared is for the longest time I wanted, and I still struggle with this desire is like wanting to get things. Cause I, I hate maintenance. I do as much <laughs> as I just talked about incremental growth and like all this stuff. I hate it. Um, <laughs> But it's something where it's like, I had this desire of like, all right, like, I just want to spend a little bit of time, like get this done so I can like go run on its own. So then I could go over here to to go do all this because I was just like, oh, maintenance is taking away from like me being able to discover like these novel ideas and these new things that like I want to do that I'm interested in stuff like that, which I think partly comes from like this creative side of me that I've discovered over the last couple of years um, through friends like Montel, but also just because of like, other things and just innovation and just entrepreneurship, stuff like that. And so, um, and so it's been, it's been interesting that, um, that, yeah, it's something that God's working in me. It's like, no, like some of these maintenance things are necessary. Um, not to get like too down deep into the weeds, but like, there's this idea of entropy that I don't know if you've heard of before, but basically it's this, it, it is this like principle of physics, I guess would be the proper way to say it that um, everything tends to fall into like disarray and um, just like disorganization. And so like how, how how like houses fall apart if they're not taken care of. Mm. So basically just speaking to like if things, things will mm. fall apart that aren't taken care of and very similar with our faith where we drift if we, if we don't take care of it. And so like God's shown me like beauty in that of just like, you know, like this, like just because I'm like either moving backwards or to take care of something or staying where I am, that doesn't mean I'm not progressing. And that progress isn't just like a like singular, like where I am in time and like this whole like thing. But um, but if y'all want to like hear more about that, Montel's got a video called um, moving back, moving backwards, not moving forwards, like something like that. But you can find it on his channel. But going back to him, the way that, uh, the way that he speaks, um, I, I've adopted a lot of that language and he, he speaks in such a beautiful way. And beauty is just a big, big word in his vocabulary where he just wants to discover the beauty of God in all different ways. Um, and it's crazy cause the kid's only 23 and I'm over here at 27 and it's just, <laughs> he inspires me every day. And it's just having him as a friend has been amazing. Um, second person or a second group that I'll give a shout out to is Axel Creative Co. here in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Um, their creative community, their mission is to uh, equip and empower sons and daughters to advance the kingdom of heaven through their creative expression, mm-hmm. which has been um, this group and then becoming friends with people like Montel and others that I know I've mentioned to you in the past, but I won't name drop. Um, they, they're the ones who really allowed me to discover like my creativity, but the way that they speak um, in such a meaningful, deep ways about, um, about the father's character and specific in relation to creativity. A lot of it comes from that. And then the last person I'll mention is, um, which this person I'll say, just preface it with saying, if you're going to take in any of his content, I would definitely encourage as with anyone's to just be careful with discernment and pick the, uh, fruit from the poison in it but is professor Jordan Peterson, um, mainly in the cadence that I speak. Um, he's very intentional and precise with his words. And that's kind of where I picked that up from. Um, but yeah, I just want to give them a shout out, but I appreciate you and your encouragement. Well, thank you for the 
well, thank your friends for all the shout outs. And <laughs> definitely, um, I'm a big believer in encouragement and pulling out the golden people. And so when I see it, I just want to call it out. So thank Good. you for sharing that, Chase. And um, I want to thank you again for your time today. I know you're a busy man with a busy schedule. So I'm so pumped that we're able to talk today and talk um, just about some real things. And I love your transparency of like, you know, I know I just talked about this whole incremental growth thing, but I hate maintenance. Like it's a struggle. So also thank you for sharing with us and the people that, you know, we go for things and we're growing through things, but also we may not love it, but we still do it, you know? And I think that's so powerful and so key. Chase, I want to ask you the question of the pod. And that is, if you knew then what you know now, what would you tell your younger self? Yeah. um, I think the first thing, which just kind of relates to what I just covered to a degree, is um, you are creative and be confident in your creativity. Um, It's something where I didn't remember until a few days ago that um, like one of the projects that I'm working on right now is writing related. And for a while I was like, man, like I've never written before, but I know I'm allowed to do this. And it's just like, this is so unique. But it hit me that uh, my senior year, I wrote these, um, I think it was like 12 to 15 uh, like poems to friends, basically like thanking them for like pouring into me through high school. Mm-hmm. And like looking back on it, it was like, it's a mix of like one of the coolest things, but also like one of the cringiest things. Cause like looking <laughs> back on it, I was like, geez, like the way I wrote this, like, <laughs> this is definitely like a third grader trying to write this. And But it was just so funny because it was just like, all right, God, like this is a gift that you've been developing in me for so mm-hmm. long. And there was even some like writings, um, some like transparent, vulnerable writings before that that like came to mind. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I would definitely say like lean into like your the creativity that God's given you and that basically like these ideas that God's given you and these blueprints are unique and to not um to not sell yourself short in the way of thinking that you're not good enough to Mm -hmm. like accomplish what he set before you um because there's always something kind of like through school where i would uh i'd always get like say there's six classes i'd always get like five a's and then like 88 or 89 and and it was just like a like without fail every single time and so there was just like this insecurity in me of just like Mm. you're just barely not good enough you're barely not good Mm. enough um and it's something where it's just like all right well guess what like god can use that little bit of weakness um for his glory and um if you are able to steward the rest of your gifts well and submit them and yield them to him um and what he wants to do in your life then he's going to create something beautiful and something that Um, isn't beautiful in a shallow way Mm. but something that is beautiful in a deep way that really resonates with people and that you're going to be able to bring people together um for the sake of unity um and to display his love to the world um yeah i'd say that (laughs) 
yeah. <laughs> and it I'll, went, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll give credit. I picked it. Like, I don't, I did not intend to pick this up from him, but I picked that up from my, my boy, Chaz Smith, who's one of my good friends. He, <laughs> he says that at the end of everything. I'm just like, I'm over here, like every, with everything just ending like this guy does. And it's funny, but I was tempted. Us. I was tempted to do it earlier, but I was like, no, I can't. I can't. I'll start <laughs> laughing too much. I'm going to wait for the end. Uh, it's funny. I love it. No, it adds some spice to it. It adds that that spice. Yeah. Um, something I'll encourage you in before we wrap up here is um I I'm really excited to see um what you're doing from afar. And just encourage you that I think um a lot of what you're doing in this and what I would in- continue to encourage you to do is um have your creative or business or life endeavors like continue to be an outgrowth of just who you are as a person and just like an outgrowth of your life um it's something where i think a lot of people um can sense whenever things are insincere or not genuine and whenever they're just trying to sell something and it's something where like with you like kind of as you said like you have these conversations with people like on the daily in private and it's something where you'd, you'd want to do this, whether people were listening or not. And that's where a lot of um, genius can really come in and where things actually do resonate with people. Um, like uh, there's there's numerous friends that I can mention that are in the social media world or business world um, or ministry world, like our friend Raul with mm-hmm. his brand Best Bodies for Life that um, that are just outgrowing of outgrowings of who they are as people and that you know it's something that they're really trying to honor God in their identity of who he's created them to be mm-hmm. in what they are creating yeah. um, and it being a byproduct of um, just going along on their journey. And so, yeah, just just continuing in, in that and just continue to be um, intentional and keep in mind, um, God, is this um, true to who you've created me to be? And if not to like, God, just please reveal this to me so that I just don't go down this road that you haven't led me to that's just going to lead to disappointment. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, just continue to grow in that. Like, you're doing great. Thank you. That really does mean a lot. And um, yeah, my heart's like so full right now. (laughs) Just thank you, Um, Chase, again, with that golden nugget. I love that you, I think we spoke about this the other day of we're all creative. We just may have not tapped into that. And I think it's easy to make ourselves believe that we're not because we're not an artist or we're not, you know, we don't have a social media page of designs, you know, and it's like, that's not what a creative is. Like, yeah, they do that, but there's so much more to it. And so I love seeing it from afar as well. You're stepping into that, you're tapping into that and you're like, okay, I am a creative. Let's see, like, God, what you want? How do you want to work this thing? Like, how do you want to work it through me and in me? And and I believe as he's doing it with your podcast, with the nonprofit, with just so much that you're doing, that he's going to reveal himself in ways that um, are just going to be like super eye opening for a lot of people. So mm-hmm. I think that's so awesome. Dang. Chase, of, of course, of course. Well, it was so good having you on, and we will chat soon. That sounds great. Y'all have a great day. Bye.
Thank you for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please leave a rate interview as it makes a huge difference. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family. And don't forget to follow at One Thing in Common Podcast on Instagram and tag us with any insights you got from the episode. I am so grateful for each and every one of you, and I hope you have the best week. Much love.